Hey, man, what you doing, man? I'm just trying to find out about this boondoggle thing, man. Boondoggle? That's not good stuff, man. A friend of mine back in the hood smoked some of that stuff, man. It's not good. He's He was freaking out, man. Nah, man. I'm talking about a kayak fishing boondoggle, man. It's when a bunch of fishermen on kayaks get together to hang out, man. A bunch of kayak fishermen hanging out. Sounds fishy to me, man. How do these guys hook up? Well, I tried to look them up, but they don't have a website yet, man. No website, man. Bummer. Nah, man, but I hear they're trying to raise money to build one, man. Oh, yeah? I'm trying to raise the money, too, man. You want to buy some? <laughs> nah, man. But this kayak fishing boondoggle thing is really a good idea, man. I think we ought to help these guys out, man. All right, man. I'm with you. So where do we go, man? Oh, now, nah, man. We ain't got to go nowhere, man. Right now, we can help them out by checking out kayakfishingboondoggle.com, man. Okay, man. I can boondoggle on that, man. Don't get stuck in your kayak.
City Beach Fishing Report, inshore, offshore, pier, surf, it doesn't matter. Brought to you by Sunjammers Water Sports. Inshore fishing continues to get hot. Nothing's hotter right now than the topwater beach. You're going to want to throw a Rapala skitter walk or even a Rapala sub walk for the most action for the speckled trout or the Unfair Lure Kaboom series is working really well. So swing into the shop at 315 North Highway 79 and we'll make sure you get the right topwater bait for where you're fishing and your style of fishing. The bait fish is starting to move back onto the flats after all this rain what we've had and the fish are starting to bunch up which tells us that we're moving from our stubborn patterns into our fall patterns and we all know that fall fishing in Panama City Beach can't be beat anywhere. The king mackerel are also starting to show up on the beaches and also ladyfish are everywhere. So if you want to get a kid out in the water and have some fun, take anything flashy and shiny, head to any of the piers and have fun catching ladyfish. This fishing report was brought to you by Sun Jeffers Water Sports 315 North Highway 79 and for the latest up-to-minute fishing report, go to sunjeffersfishing.com Boondoggle? What the heck is a boondoggle? Is it a tournament? No, it's not a freaking tournament. A boondoggle's just an event where a bunch of kayak anglers come together for a weekend of fun and kayak fishing. We all get together and fish, check out industry-related products, have a big dinner, and swap a fishing story or two. What's that? Sounds like a useless waste of time? Yeah, it is. So what? So get your butt up off the couch and get to a boondoggle. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Heck, bring your hairy-ass brother-in-law. I don't care. Just get to a boondoggle. Check out yakangler.com boondoggle for more information.
check one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so you can hear me now, right? Hello? Mr. Becker. Yeah, affirmative. Just had to, just had to uh, come off mute. <laughs> All right, negative Ghost Rider. Okay, we're on now. So I spent a lot of time talking, spent some reels and stuff like that, and Skype was not. I was going out over the the app, but I wasn't broadcasting in the show itself. So anyways, can you hear me t- I know. It's like really irritating the, the heck out of me. How are you, Mr. Becker? Doing just fine. I must say I was really enjoying the show. <laughs> At least the one side of it you were hearing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways. So, uh, okay. So I guess I should repeat some of the things that I said. Boondoggle, 28 days in a wake-up. If uh, if the conditions stay as they are in the Gulf and the tropical conditions and all that kind of stuff, we might see you there, sir. It could happen. I mean, stranger things have been known to occur within the within the purview of man. So, well, we we have a tent site reserved for you there, spot number two. Oh, I appreciate that. You're a gentleman yeah. and a scholar. Oh uh, well, don't call me names. Um, <laughs> so the. The new word is, okay, uh, Jackson Kayaks has been kind enough to contribute a uh, one of their, uh, I, I think it's one of their newer boats, the Mini Tripper. It's kind of like the small version of the Day Tripper, which is kind okay. of a, a, a hybrid sit-inside slash kayak. Uh, and uh, it's pretty much set up for a very small adult or a child and a dog. I think capacity is about 120 pounds, but uh, they've contributed that for our kids' raffle this year. We have a, uh, I believe it's a Slayer that Woody's bringing down to uh, rock, paper, scissors away. And then uh, we're getting a boat from Chad Hoover, Hook One, to, to raffle off in the uh, the portion of the proceeds, therefore, from those will be going to Heroes on the Water. I think Jim most is excellent. excellent. Yeah, yeah, most excellent, man. Great opportunity. You know, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Combined Federal Campaign. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a federal opportunity for giving for federal employees and stuff, but I couldn't find them on there. But anyways, Tommy can hear me now. Uh, so anyways, that's coming down. We'll also be doing... Um, for those of you who like to have a little breakfast sandwich before you go fishing on Saturday mornings, <clears throat> we will have uh, out in front of uh, the the entrance to the campsites there, we'll be doing some uh, boondoggle biscuits and sausage uh, on Saturday morning. And then I think Sunday morning we're actually going to put on a little pancake breakfast there for folks. So my wife and my sister are planning on doing that and uh, probably some other folks helping out there. We also have on Friday night, if you show up and you got a beard, we're having the Boondoggle Beard Contest. Friday night meet and greet. 
It's a Friday night. We all get together, hang out. We'll be at the amphitheater there, Big Lagoon State Park, Pensacola, Florida. It'll be an audience participation thing. We'll get everybody, all the bearded ones up on the stage. And uh, Ed from Fish Wraps and Hell Brand Leather is contributing a uh, one of his coolers uh, for that endeavor. He says the criteria should be uh, fullness, shine, length, and boondoggleness. I don't know if that's a real word or not, but for the boondoggle, I guess it is. It's legal, and uh, so audience will be picking the winner of the boondoggle beard contest this year. Um, we also have the Kayak Angler Choice Awards uh, that we're in the nomination phase right now. That will close the week before the boondoggle uh, so that we're not concentrating on trying to do two things at once. kind of you know difficult for us you know, to walk, chew gum, have one contest going, boondoggle. We just can't do it. But anyways, the nomination phase is open right now. For those of you who are not familiar with the Kayak Angler's Choice Award, this is our third year doing it, Kayak Angler's Choice Award. So if you're a kayak angler, even if you're not a kayak angler, if you're just a follower of kayak angling, uh, we've got some categories. We want to know what you think about, and we, we kind of trimmed the categories down this year. It was a little overwhelming and some controversy and stuff, but anyways... So we've got uh, yakangler.com forward slash choice is where you go to, and you can nominate anyone. Now, you cannot nominate uh, any of uh, the broadcast hosts from uh, Kayak Fishing Radio. Kayak Fishing Radio, we don't even fall into a category, so uh, we don't do that. But uh, we also we have... Uh, any of the uh, the owners of yakangler.com, which i.e. Adam and Mark, and yakangler.com cannot be uh, nominated for uh, one of the categories is uh, Kayak Angling Forum of the Year. So let me go over the categories. Kayak Angler of the Year, the Kayak of the Year, what's your favorite kayak? We also ask in that point about, like, what's your favorite color, you know, what kind of kayak it is, what brand, what make, model, uh, that kind of thing. The Kayak Angler Forum of the Year, Yak Angler doesn't count. Kayak Angling Journal or Magazine of the Year, the most innovative kayak angling or fishing product. So, and we're not looking for a kayak there. Last year we had some folks nominate a kayak for the most innovative kayak angling or fishing product. That's in the kayak of the year. So, but we're looking for something uh, that's a great new product or a product that you use that you think is really. Uh, you know, the cat's meow there. Kayak angling retailer, outfitter, or bait shop of the year. What's your favorite uh, place to go get uh, bait or hooks or kayak gear? Kayak angling location of the year. This one here's uh, most of it's a. You know, we're we're just we're not looking for your num your secret numbers. Now we're just looking for where do you think the best place to go kayak fishing is. Kayak angling online video of the year. We've got a lot of people now putting out videos, uh, you know, with the GoPros and the contours, and I think there's even two or three new uh, small camera, wearable, waterproof-type cameras that are hitting the market now, and a lot of kayak angling videos. So if you got a favorite, uh, go ahead and nominate that. Kayak angling blog and blogger of the year, okay? The blog or the blogger, and... Uh, Last year's winners, you can go over that, and then we're going to get to some just chatting here. So last year, the uh, we had Angler and Guide of the Year, but uh, this year we're just doing Angler of the Year because we thought that there's not really any kind of formalized way that we can confirm guides, and we got a lot of feedback on that, so, but the... Uh, Angler of the Year, Kayak Kevin was uh, our Kayak Angler of the Year. We had Guide of the Year. That was D. Kaminsky. Um, the Kayak of the Year, uh, first place was the Hobie Pro Angler 12. The Jackson Cuda was uh, second, and the Hobie Outback was third. The Forum of the Year, Texas Kayak Fisherman took first, Austin Kayak Fishing, and then Kayak Bass Fishing. Magazine of the Year was Kayak Angler Magazine and Kayak Fishing Magazine and Coastal Angler. The most innovative product of the year was the Jackson Kayak High Seat, the Hobie Pro Angler 12. So like I said, we don't want to see another kayak in there. We're looking for a product. And overboard fishing rods. So 
Those are just some of the ones. But if you go to yakangler.com forward slash choice, that'll get you in. And uh, for nominations, you can nominate as many times as you want. Once we get into the voting, this year it's a little different. We're going to do kind of like a uh, uh, survivor thing. We're going to take the top. You know, We're going to have one round of voting, and then we'll end it, and then we'll give you like the top 15 or top 30, and then we'll narrow it down. We'll keep narrowing it down until we get down to the final. So. And I think we might have something special planned for how we're going to do that. So, uh, I see Bill put in a picture of himself there fishing at Wake Island, man. That was awesome. But anyway, speaking of fishing there, Mr. Becker, um, no, you don't have to answer all 10 questions, Tommy. Just put in which ones you want. Mr. Becker, have you had a chance to go fishing lately? I had a chance to go fishing. Yes, I did. Uh, and, unfortunately, and did you, there was not much of a chance to go catching. Ah, uh, I was going to say, so, did you take the opportunity to go fishing then, if you had the chance? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. And uh, Junior and I got out uh, for a few hours last Saturday morning. Uh, we cut the trip a little bit short because he wasn't feeling well. And turned out he had a couple different infections and spent a couple days out of school, so it was a long paddle home. But there uh, wasn't much going on. We found uh, found some decent fish, a lot of snook, a lot of good-sized redfish around, but just couldn't get anything to eat successfully, so... Then it just irritates uh, you when you're like, you you can see them, you know they're there, you know what they are, but they're not yep. they're not biting. Yep, and they were you know they were chasing the top waters, uh, you know, and uh, we're getting some snook popping them, but nothing wanted to nothing wanted to bite and hold on. And there's a big IFA redfish tournament this weekend down here on the south shore of Tampa Bay, so uh, it is safe to say that I will not be anywhere near the water. Uh, anything from uh, you know the uh, the Skyway Bridge all the way up to uh, <laughs> probably up to almost the city of Tampa will be uh, will be crazy this weekend with people running around and uh, you know in the smoker boats for uh, looking for looking for redfish. But uh, we have a uh, paddlefishing.com has a uh, one of the paddlefishing.com uh, challenge series events coming up next weekend. It's one that's uh, kind of uh, in memory of a. A good friend of many of folks down here who uh, passed away just recently, way before his time. And he was kind of the one who brought the uh, exude gold dart to the table and to the water in this area. So uh, it's going to be a one lure challenge next weekend in uh, his favorite fishing areas in northern uh, Tampa Bay. And uh, it'll be a, a gold dart weekend for everybody, a gold dart morning. So I may try to get out this Saturday morning and do a little pre-fishing for that. But uh, looking forward to that one. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so the IFA, man, boy, they bring in a lot of folks. It's, it'll be like the they Walmart do. parking lot out there. <laughs> That's it. Man, I, I don't even, I didn't even want to drive past Simmons Park uh, and, and the boat launch down there. It's going to be crazy. So, Is that where they're launching out of? They're, they're, I imagine they're launching out of anywhere they can find enough concrete and deep enough water to get a boat back in. <laughs> Uh, they'll be. I, I think that's. I think that there are launch requirements for they have to be down here. Um, so I imagine it'll be you know either here or down at uh, down at the. Uh, I can't remember the name of the boat club down off of Shell Point. Okay. But, uh, you know, one of those places down there. Uh, some people may be launching down at Cockroach Bay if they're brave enough to leave their boat, you know, their trailer and truck down there. But uh, it's it's going to be nuts. I remember last weekend it was just a madhouse. So. You know, the water will be churned to a froth. Maybe some people will catch some redfish, and we'll see what happens. Some people more likely run over redfish, right? That's <laughs> uh, entirely possible. I, so. Depending on the tides, I would expect to see a whole new, uh, you know, if we were flying over at 10,000 feet, a whole new uh, crosshatch of uh, prop scars in the, in the flats come the end of the day. Oh. Well, let's hope that they're a little more considerate than that and uh, they watch where they're going and pull where they have to stay out of the shallows, not messing up the uh, the grass. So, um, It'd be nice. Yeah. I know that they've been having a lot of red tide issues over on the East Coast. Have you guys seen any of that there around Tampa? Not in Tampa, but down in the Sarasota Bay area. Uh, they have had several different uh, blooms. And the last I saw, most of it had pretty well uh, pretty well cleared up. But I, I will admit I hadn't been following very closely. I've just seen some of the alerts come and go. Oh, a little further, a no. little further down the coast, they did have some challenges. With it, yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's been a real, a really strange summer this year. You know, we almost met a record of not having any hurricanes. And then yesterday, what was it? Day before yesterday, Umberto spiked up and got over 75 knots of wind out there. So, um, really strange. Uh, and it hasn't been really that hot. I mean, we went down to, uh, well, <laughs> Of course, it rained a couple of weekends ago. That's because I was there. I think we figured it out. We have to have exactly. both myself and uh, Yak Sushi in the state at the same time to counteract the, the gravity of the gourds. So, uh, Gourd gravity. Very good. That's, yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll be a staple. Yes. <laughs> you know how you have, like, you know, on a binnacle on a ship, you know, you've got the two, yep. the two counterweights there, the two counteracting devices. I think that's it. We have to have both of us in the state because... We've been pretty lucky in our in our boondoggles that we haven't had any really bad weather, and I think it's the fact that both of us are in the state at the same time. I think it's just you know when I show up to Florida here lately, it's been like you know they they're going to start sending me to countries that have been in drought for years to see if I can break that. You know, the rainmaker. Yeah, yeah. So Tommy brings up a good point. Uh, keep Emily in her school tournament is Saturday. This Saturday, Cars Park, and you can sign up at KBB, which is Kayaks by Bo. Go to their website and, uh, and sign up for that. Another good uh, good tournament there. Good folks over there uh, at Cars Park. Outside of our last boondoggle, as a matter of fact. Um, so, speaking about boondoggle, you know, I was uh, I was tearing apart because uh, it was I didn't have anything else to do, but. Tearing apart some of my uh, reels, you know, and putting some grease on them and stuff like that. Uh, we had, we did get to go fishing a little bit. I don't know if you saw Adam caught his first redfish. It was small, yes, I did. but but I was gonna say it looked it, just like a redfish, only smaller. It looked like just like a redfish, uh, but uh, yeah, he caught one. And uh, but uh, I was looking through my gear, you know, getting it cleaned up and everything, and. And just wondering, you know, folks, you know, folks that are coming down, because I, I know there's quite a few people that are. This will be their first boondoggle. This will be a first opportunity to fish inshore, and there actually will be some offshore. Uh, it's a uh, uh, no license required on Saturday, October 12th. That was passed by the the governor uh, of the state, so give folks opportunity. And that goes for residents and non-residents of the state. I looked that up on myfwc.com. However, you will need a license for the other days that you would want to fish. Um, but uh, what 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 do you suggest, man, for inshore? I and mean, we're talking just it's your basic inshore, you know, grass beds, flats, and then uh, an intercoastal area. What's your what's your favorite gear for for that kind of situation? Uh, you know, any I think the guys up there can can talk. To, to colors and, and patterns and things like that, but um, and I certainly don't have anywhere near the experience that a lot of folks down here do. Uh, but I've had, I, I think you'll have a hard time going wrong with you know a six to fifteen medium fast to fast action seven foot to seven foot six rod, spools up with some lightweight braid, uh, you know eighteen to twenty four inch twenty pound fluorocarbon leader, maybe. Maybe go a little heavier than that if you're going to be getting into some big snook uh, or bigger redfish. Um, and then, you know, top waters are great. Uh, any kind of walk the dog top water, skitter walks, um, any of the mirror lure series, top pups. Uh, any, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the Hidden uh, Super Spook Junior. Uh, like the way they uh, like the way they work, but um, you know, any of the top water baits there. Spoons are always good. Um, Captain Mike's or the Aqua Dream series are great. The, the the Johnson Spoon styles are good. Colors again are kind of a local thing, and I would leave that up to the guys up there. And then for plastics, uh, jig heads size to match uh, match the terrain you're fishing. But a three inch, three and a half inch paddle tail, either the Sliders or any of the uh, you know the Shad series from. Uh, uh, any, anybody's really those those three inch paddle tails are killers, and if I if I had to go out with three rods rigged with one lure a piece, that's what I would I would probably have a three inch paddle tail on one, a top order on one, and a spoon on the other, and I think any of those will produce um, 
at any given point in the tide in the day, depending on, you know, if you can find where the fish are and if they want to eat. They'll they'll get after it, won't they? I would think so. And the nice thing about having more than one of those rigged up, especially earlier in the morning, uh, is if you're fishing topwater early in the morning, you know, one of the, the coolest things about fishing topwater is to blow up is the hit. But a lot of the times they don't connect. Even you would think that with, you know, two good sets of treble hooks off there, it would be impossible Considering how easy it is to hook you to your pants, your shirt, or your finger, uh, you'd think it's almost impossible for a fish not to come buttoned up on one of those hooks, but it happens. And if you get a real good blow-up and you can get the get the top water in quick and get your plastic right out back into the same spot where the hit was, I I, I would say it's, it's, for me, been a better than 50% chance that you're going to come tight on that fish again when you toss a subsurface lure back in there where you just hit something I don't know if they think they've wounded whatever it was that was on top, and now it's floating down through the column, or what it is. But it, that is a uh, is a killer combination. So, if you're fishing top water and you've got a paddle tail or some other soft plastic rigged up, don't have it stuck all the way behind you, you know, with the hook and the rod and, and the, uh, you know, the hook keeper. Have it if you can. Have it where you can turn and reach it and get it ready to go quick. Because uh, it'll it'll definitely improve your catch ratio on on the stuff that misses the top water, and be ready to be ready for the one two punch there. Absolutely. My my favorite maneuver is like a, a big uh, uh, spook, you know, a big saltwater spook with three giant treble hooks on it, right? And you give it a good cast out there. And you're and you're you're coming in, and you see a little swirl behind it, and then you see the water just kind of open up, you know, like like Moses just struck the the ground, <laughs> and it just starts opening up, and you just go, you know, all Jimmy Houston on it, and give it a big yank, like you're you're setting the hook in Moby Dick's mouth, and uh, that spook comes flying out of the water and hits you square in the head. That's my favorite right there. That's my favorite part. So, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that did that didn't sound like a hypothetical story at all to me. It almost sounded <laughs> like there's an experience level there that speaks to uh, that speaks I mean, to us all in one way or another. I mean, how many times have you made that perfect uh, presentation with a fly rod? You know, and you're and you're running a dry fly, and you're just strip, 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 and you can see. You can see the fish rising up on it, you know, and you're just like, I'm going to get this, and then just jerk it right out from in front of the fish before they have the opportunity. Yep. So that's wait till that's, you hear, wait till you feel the weight. Yeah, exactly. Wait for the weight. So, wait for it. Wait for it. And wait and it is. Weight. It's absolutely. Uh, it is absolutely incredible that uh, it's. You you see so many strikes on a big topwater lure with those treble hooks hanging, and how do they not get it? You know, how do they not get hooked up? I don't know because I can't just put it in the rod holder without getting tangled up with it. Well, and one of the things that that the the situation you described has taught me, uh, both from that and from trying to unbutton fish at the side of the the side of the kayak, is I, I was I. I if I was fishing catch and release, uh, you know, on dry flies, I would always, um, I would, I would bend down my barbs on bare hooks before I put them in the fly tying vise, just mm-hmm. because 99% of my trout fishing was catch and release. Right. But I was really concerned about the bigger fish coming on hook down here, you know, with flopping around and everything else. Um, you know, the first time I had one of those big fish in my lap with one set of treble hooks still in the fish's face while he's flopping around, and the other very close to the fly on my fishing pants. Right. Also, very well engaged in the fabric. Uh, it uh-huh. occurred to me that do, taking that same proactive step of bending the barbs down before the first cast with the lure probably would have been a great <laughs> idea. And, uh, and you know, needless to say, that was a, a very close-to-home reminder of how bad things could get. But... Um, you know, since then I stuck hooks through my finger that I I was able to just back out, or one through the back of my hand that I was just able to back out because of having bent down the barb. Whereas, uh, you know, it would have been a clip and paste or a hey y'all watch this on Facebook to you know to, to make the wife turn green at how uh, how gory oh, the pictures are. But absolutely, yep, it's, uh, it's a good thing on the troubles. And, 
and I've actually taken some of my big big spooks and uh just removed the front two hooks, put a big uh um you know, a flat eye single hook on the back of it that's turned yep. up so that and just run it that way cuz if the fish is going to hit it, if he hits it in the middle, you can get him. And if he strikes a little short, he's going to go after that back hook anyways. Some some of them it makes a little difference in how they in the in the action and stuff. But for the most part, I found that I'd rather just take the opportunity. You get a, a 30 inch redfish flopping around in the boat, and then that thing gets hooked up and tied to you with another set of hooks. It's just not a fun day. It's just yeah, it's gonna. It's really gonna leave a mark too. So. Um, yeah, and I got news for you. The same thing happens with a 22-inch redfish. And uh, <laughs> ask me how I know that. Yeah, exactly. And they and they just know the exact time that when you're you're just reaching over, they know when to just freak out. You know, it's like just easy little guy, and we'll get you off of here, get you back in the water. You know, we just we just wanted to see you. They just don't understand that. They don't understand it at all. So. And and for if you're fishing with kids in a kayak, I guarantee you you're going to be a lot happier person if you go ahead and everything that you put on that kid's re- rod and reel, you bend, you get rid of the barbs on it right away. And also, it like with the clone when he started out fishing, I bent all the barbs down for him just so that if he did get hooked up, it was easier for me to get it unhooked out of him. And if he if he got a fish, he was able to release it himself. We used, showed him how to use a pair of pliers and stuff, and he didn't have to worry about, you know, it was just easy, turn the hook, hook over and let the fish go. And it gave him a go. lot of confidence, too. So um, we always run into this thing about safety. I don't know what it is with us, but um, <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, Tommy was saying he's planning on throwing a cocoa minnow. Uh, that's a swim bait. It's a paddle tail. Uh, and uh, he says he's had a lot of success with that. Avocado and chartreuse. I know um, when we were down there last weekend, Tommy, everything we threw that had a chartreuse tail came back without the chartreuse tail. I don't know what it is, but pinfish love chartreuse tails. They're just plastic, but they they love those chartreuse tails. There's some pinfish in Perdido Bay right now that has a heck of a collection of chartreuse tails. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know they they just go after them but um it is a good it is a good bite uh and uh that is a good color I tend to you know I know uh when uh, when Bill joins us here he's always one to say you know take a look and he kind of matches the hatch kind of thing and you see the little fish in the shallows and stuff like that you see glass minnows and all glass minnows don't have much of a color to them at all they just look like glass minnows you know <laughs> so uh it, I mean, I've got a couple of spooks that are just that clear color, and they're pretty productive when they're hitting the top. So um, I don't know. I think a lot of it, it's kind of like flavors in dog food. I think they're more for the owners than they are for the dogs. Um, but I think uh, colors, it, whatever you feel confident in. Tommy says he's got one Plano box of Tommy Head jigs and all the cook home is and no trebles for him. Yeah, no trebles and make sure you mash down the barbs. <laughs> That's right. No trebles means no troubles. That's it. Um, I, I would still, put, I, I would suggest you get you a couple of topwaters, Tommy. It's it's always fun to see a big redfish come up after a topwater, and we're not going to be in an area where there be any snooks, but there's probably some jacks going to be out there. You're, we're not too far away from the uh, from the mouth of the the pass there, so there's you'll see some. Uh, some jacks get in there. There have been I've seen tarpon up in that area and stuff. Um, so you can work eighth ounce on the top. Okay. And then uh, there is uh, there's going to be a snapper season in the Gulf uh, from October 1st to the 22nd, I believe it was. So uh, get opportunity to get offshore. You know, it's not a far paddle, about a mile and a half, and you can get on a little bit of structure and maybe pull out a couple of red snapper to take home with you. That's always a, a nice meal. <coughs> so, um, Greg, I saw you had posted up, uh, I, I don't know if it was uh, this week or last week, but something about the Frogman swim. Is that is that uh, in the books or it's on the way? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this year's, uh, I think it's the fifth annual Tampa Bay Frogman swim is coming up in January. And we are still looking for uh, experienced kayakers. 
and uh, I stress experience because I have to say last year um, we had folks, you know, there were there were spots in the center in the middle of the course where we had probably a four-knot cross-current, a five-knot cross-current that w- with the wind at, at 90 degrees to it that was kicking up a two- to three-foot swell, a two- to three-foot erratic swell that the, the swimmers had to work through, and the kayakers had to stay with them. We actually had one kayak overturn. Um, but frankly, there were people out there who had gone out and said, hey, this would be a great thing. Let's go out and rent a couple kayaks and go paddle with the swimmers for the day. And these people could barely take care of themselves out there, much less be in a condition and have the ability to assist a swimmer in distress uh, if something something bad had happened. So right. we're, we're we've got. I got together with the organizers, and a few of us have talked to them and really said, "Listen, we really need to stress uh, the quality of experience and, and that people need to have to be out here uh, and being safe for themselves as well as being safe for the swimmers." But the event is a fundraiser for the uh, Naval Special Warfare Foundation, supports uh, wounded and uh, KIA SEALs and their families. Uh, you know, obviously, it's after an event. Um, great organization. This is the first year that, in addition to being able to go out uh, and support at the swim, that kayakers can actually participate in the pre-event fundraising um, and uh, hoping to generate uh, a little bit of additional uh, additional money for the for the organization and for the event by being able to do that. So we'll see how that works out as well. Cool. And you had like a really sharp swimmer last year too, didn't you? Yeah, in the last two years, uh, I was super fortunate my first year and uh, uh, asked last year, and I will be teamed up again this year, um, good Lord willing, the creek don't rise, with Becca Mann, who is uh, at, at 14, was uh, a phenom that placed third last year at age 15. She won the event. She's a world-class open water swimmer, uh, finished, uh, I think, fifth in Worlds in Barcelona this past year. Uh, she'll... I, Seriously, expect her to see her in the next several uh, Olympics, swimming in five or six different events. So, uh, Becca reached out to me a few, uh, just about a month ago now, and I asked if I was available for this one too. So, I think we got a good thing going. Very cool. And along with the lines of your concern about the, the experience, uh, what would you suggest uh, the type of boat that uh, a paddler might want to bring out there? Uh, kind of like a nine foot sit inside. <laughs> What what are you what are you thinking? I'm being yeah, facetious. definitely okay. not definitely not the little cobra plays or the little uh the little nine foot sit insides with the outfitter paddle and uh you really need a stable kayak that can handle whatever the weather's gonna toss at you. Obviously if the conditions are too crummy, they're gonna postpone the event. But like I said, last year mid course we had some pretty decent swells and a serious current. You need to have a boat that can manage that. And if a swimmer is in distress, you need to be able to be able to position that boat and use that boat to assist the swimmer with flotation uh, until you can get the extra PFD or the floater or whatever else you have to them and support the swimmer while maintaining your position in the current, while maintaining your position relative to the swells or anything else that's going on and keeping you and your swimmer safe until uh, some of the the bigger assistance boats can get there to take over. So... Um, you know, I don't remember last year. It's funny. I don't remember seeing any pedal boats there. That's not to say that they weren't. Uh, I just don't remember seeing them. Hmm. Um, I, I didn't see any uh, any Hobie or, or native boats being pedaled at all. Um, but something something that's fairly substantial that you can... You can do the job with. Um, they said last year there were folks there in those little uh, eight and nine foot, uh, basically rapids kayaks, the little uh, little sport kayaks. Right. And folks are out there using them in the white water and doing stuff like that. And I've looked at it and think, buddy, you in the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to get out of your own way, much less support your swimmer if, if something happens. So. And that's um, a, that's I guess that's a key point is you're out there to provide assistance if a swimmer needs it, not to create an issue, an issue yourself. So exactly, right. So all right. Well, that's a great uh, event, and a great opportunity for folks to help out. And if you don't have the proper equipment and stuff, I'm sure that if you uh, is there a place people can go to see if there is some need for volunteers, like on the beach or 
post pre or post race, that kind of thing. Yep, absolutely. We're just going to give the promo for the website. It's uh, TampaBayFrogmanSwim.com. You can also uh, look up Tampa Bay Frogman Swim on Facebook. Uh, there is a link both on the Facebook page and on the TVFS uh, webpage to a great article that I, I don't remember who, uh, who wrote it, but that we found about the importance and the characteristics of a qualified kayaker in, in supporting uh, open water swimmers. So uh, Tampa Bay Frogman Swim on Facebook or TampaBayFrogmanSwim.com. Uh, we'll get them to get them to where they need to be to find that out. And the last I knew, uh, there was uh, they had a pretty pretty full boat in terms of the support folks that were needed. But uh, there was a listing there. Uh, there it'll point you to the place where you can sign up on uh, imathlete.com for any of those places. That'll tell you what opportunities are still available. So, cool. All right. Well, we're curved around the hour there, and I appreciate you showing up. And oh, uh, wow! I just lost Mr. Becker. He dropped off the line. Huh? His phone probably uh, lost power. Oh, there he is. You're back. That was a speed dial. Yes, it was. <laughs> As I was saying, we were just around the hour, and I thought, man, he's got to run. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, the guests that have been uh, in the chat room next time, you can log in with a social media login, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever you've got going on there, and you can participate in the chat room. Tommy, appreciate you showing up. Um, Sorry you were feeling a little under the weather there. I got your message late. We were out riding the motorcycles. My wife had uh, other plans for me. Uh, we wound up doing about 600-mile ride on, on uh, Sunday. We didn't get back in until about 5 o'clock. So. But uh, this weekend, um, man, I'll tell you, you know, you think, boy, I'm really excited. The clone is now in high school and you know, another year he'll be able to drive himself. I think I do more now than he, than for him when he was than he was. Uh, he's he's a lot of work right now, and we got all kinds of stuff to get him to school, participating in the high school things and all that. So we've got uh, he's uh, ah Tommy's going to go put some green fields in on Sunday. All right, well we don't have to make a big excuse then, but uh, I think we're going. I think we're going motorcycle riding again, but this time in the out outback, riding on some uh, riding the dirt bikes. Um, but on Saturday we're going to the rifle range or the shotgun range, and uh, he's he's on the uh, 4-H skeet and trap team now. So that's uh, Saturday mornings. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> but anyways, Mr. Becker, thank you, sir. Uh, for your participation, and any, uh, my pleasure uh, as always. We got anything else on the list to shout out upcoming events? I think you covered most of them in your area. Boondoggle. I, I, I just want to correct. Let me just correct okay. one thing, Chip, real quick. I okay, think I said TampaBayFrogmanSwim.com. The actual right. URL for the website is TampaBayFrogman.com. TampaBayFrogman.com. And on uh, on uh, Facebook, it is TampaBayFrogmanSwim. Okay. Tampa Bay Frogman Swim on Facebook, TampaBayFrogman.com for the website. All right, awesome, man. So uh, we'll do it again next week. Uh, I think uh, next week we'll have uh, Ty Sutherland, uh, 30 miles out. Uh, this guy is uh, he's he's one uh, crazy dude. They like to go offshore in their uh, in their kayaks. 30 miles out gives you kind of a clue uh, from uh, Texas. So he should be joining us. I hope you will too, Mr. Becker. And, Tommy, we'll see you again. Uh, like I said, guests, join us anytime. And uh, I think that'll do it. We'll see you next time. Mr. Becker, have a good night. You too. Peace out. All right. Here we go. Where are we at? Uh, let's do this one. Boondoggle? What the heck is a boondoggle? Is it a tournament? No, it's not a freaking tournament. A boondoggle's just an event where a bunch of kayak anglers come together for a weekend of fun and kayak fishing. 
We all get together and fish, check out industry-related products, have a big dinner, and swap a fishing story or two. What's that? Sounds like a useless waste of time? Yeah, it is. So what? So get your butt up off the couch and get to a boondoggle. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Heck, bring your hairy-ass brother-in-law. I don't care. Just get to a boondoggle. Check out yakangler.com boondoggle for more information.